Arr, pirate fans, it's time to find out the state of the ship of your defending champions for the 2022 season with your hosts, Johnny Wilbur and Jake Ignazuski. And now, brought to you by Resonate, it's the state of the ship. Time for the state of the ship for the Massachusetts Pirates, thanks to Resonate and uh, Jake Ignazuski, Johnny Wilbur back here for another week, week five of the season on tap here as uh, the Pirates get set to play this Saturday at the DCU Center the 23rd of April in another big game, Jake, coming up uh, as we get ready to go. But first, let's recap last week's game uh, out there in Green Bay with the Blizzard. You were there. Uh, tell us what happened. Bring us through the overtime loss. Uh, it was a tight game. Pirates led most of the first half, led throughout the first half, led uh, throughout most of the game. Finally, uh, a little bit of a, a challenge from a team uh, late in the game, and uh, the Pirates couldn't hold them off. Uh, take us through uh, what was uh, what you were seeing there out there in Green Bay. So, you know, as you mentioned, the Pirates essentially had the advantage throughout the entire game. Uh, you, you even really saw it in the stats other than uh, the scoreboard, ultimately, at the end of the game. They had more rushing yards, 51 to 30 against the Blizzard, passing yards, 180 uh, to 157. And, you know, penalties were a huge issue for the Pirates throughout this game. Uh, you know, they, they had um, 14 uh, for 97 yards. Uh, and then we also saw Green Bay have three for 21. But, you know, a lot of those uh, penalties really came at really critical moments, uh, you know. But starting off for the Pirates, uh, starting off in the first half, Alejandro Benefield and Thomas Owens continued their automatic connection, uh, scoring for two touchdowns. And, you know, that ultimately helped the Pirates take the lead 17-3 to three, uh, with eight minutes and five seconds left uh, in the first half. But then, you know, right before halftime, uh, the Blizzard quarterback, Jack Shaheen, threw a 12-yard touchdown to receiver Keyshawn Taylor. And at halftime, you know, it was a seven-point game, 17 to 10. And, you know, it, it looked like, uh, you know, the Pirates were sort of destined to, you know, pile on this lead going into the second half. And, uh, you know, we, we saw the third quarter be relatively quiet. The only action that we really saw was Alejandro Benefield threw another touchdown, his third to Thomas Owens. But, you know, ultimately we, we saw the offense struggle a little bit, even though, you you know, you saw uh, Benefield uh, throw uh, 19 completions uh, over 29 attempts. We saw him sort of really struggle being able to throw the ball, uh, you know, middle down the field or deep. You know, a, a lot of those passes that he really completed were, were relatively short, you know, five to ten yards. And, uh, you, you know, so, some other guys uh, like Isaac Zico as, as well as, um, Jonathan Johnson got into the action, uh, but you know it, it was really tough, especially once those penalties really started to pile on. It seemed like anytime the Pirates had anything going for them, uh, there was an offensive side call, there was a holding call, there was um, you know pass interference, and uh, you know we we really saw the penalties pile up uh, not only offensively but defensively as well. That's uncharacteristic of the of Pirates. So we saw that, uh, you know, work in their favor against the Steam Wheelers and, and how they, uh, you know, they racked up a lot of penalties and that, you know, helped the Pirates. The Pirates have to play disciplined football. I know you talked to uh, Coach Rayshon uh, about um, about that and, and getting make sure that they get back and, and play more disciplined football the way that they should, especially this weekend at the DCU Center. Right. And, you know, when I when I asked them, uh, 
what was his assessment of the uh, last week's loss? The first thing that he mentioned was, you know, the penalties killed us, uh, especially in those critical moments. He said, you know, we need to be a lot more disciplined and smart with every single play. And, you know, it starts with practice. You get the, you get the, you know, in uh, what was it, overtime, nine men on the field and an unsportsmanlike. I mean, after an interception is called back. I mean, right there, that that seals the game for you. And, and unfortunately, it didn't. It, it sealed the game for the blizzard. Right. You know, as, as you mentioned, you know, it, um, especially going into that fourth quarter, the, the Pirates had a 23 to 10 lead. And then and then ultimately we saw, you know, off of a Jack Shaheen Hail Mary pass to the end zone uh, with four seconds left. Uh, the Blizzard were able to tie it. And, you know, this has been something that as uh, somebody who is still new uh, to watching indoor football. It's something that I've had to get used to, you know, even though the Pirates scored with 10 seconds remaining off of a. Um, Martez Carter passing uh, or receiving touchdown, excuse me, uh, you, you know, that, that still didn't mean that the Pirates had the game in the bag. And as I mentioned, Shaheen was able to just like throw it up to the end zone uh, and, and get a Hail Mary catch off of, um, you know, Khalid Wooten did what he was supposed to do. He slapped the ball to the ground to ultimately try and make the pass an incomplete. But, you know, uh, the Blizzard wide receiver was right there to snatch it and uh, ultimately leads overtime. And, you know, as you mentioned, the, the Blizzard got the ball first. Uh, Jack Shaheen uh, really led uh, the charge down for the Blizzard to get close to the end zone. And then ultimately, um, Corian Ballard intercepted Shaheen. But then, as you mentioned, the Pirates were flagged for nine men on the field and then unsportsman like contact penalty, which ultimately uh, allowed Shaheen to be able to uh, score um, and, and run the ball in to give relatively the Blizzard the 38 to 31 lead. Yeah, relatively very easily. Yeah, and then we just you know we get the ball. We we can't do anything really with it. I think that um, one of the one of the the, the focus points uh, going forward here, Jake, is as we've talked about before in the past, is we need to get a more solid, more aggressive running game. Uh, that that's you know can kick across the goal line when needed and, and get those really important, you know, yards when we have to get them on the ground. And we don't want uh, Alejandro who's, you know, really been our leading rusher uh, carrying the ball as much as he has been, because I mean, if he gets hurt, we don't know where we lie with a backup quarterback. We haven't had to be there yet. Right. And, you know, we've, we've seen sort of defenses uh, be accustomed to Alejandro running the ball uh, a majority of the time. And, you know, that, that that really hurt the Pirates, especially when they were trying to get critical yardage at the end of that Blizzard game. You know, there was times where Alejandro took it himself and the defense sort of uh, knew exactly what, what he was going to do and uh, stuffed them when it really mattered most. And, um, you, you know, we did see uh, Dietrich Thomas, who's a wide receiver and running back. Uh, he, he did... Uh, have a few good runs, um, but you know you got to remember it, it is his first game, and uh, you know Martez Carter did just come back, didn't really do too too much on the ground. Uh, you know, ultimately we saw him uh, rush for 13 carries for only 30 yards. Uh, you know, but he he did he did get that very clutch uh, receiving touchdown. But I couldn't agree more. I, I think I think the one unit that is lacking for this Pirates offense at the moment is that running game. Yeah, because even special teams, uh, you know, we've been pretty good around there. Uh, running backs and, and and returns have been working. We've been getting good yardage out of that. We're just not getting those critical yards down in the trenches when we need them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You, you know, we've seen Isaac Zico do, do a relatively good job returning the football. Um, 
talking to Rayshon Kaiser, he's, he said that he thinks that that's um, honestly uh, where, where they've played the best is uh, the, the returning game. And, uh, you, know, you know, specifically something that we saw Jack Shaheen, the Blizzard quarterback, do a really good job of is being able to throw deep down the field. And, it, you know, even though uh, the Pirates got some really good pressure on him, you know, we saw uh, Kobe Kwanzaa come up with, um, you know, eight solo tackles, including one sack. We also saw Deshaun Downey get in the backfield multiple times. Uh, it, it's, it seemed like Shaheen looked relatively comfortable back there to be able to throw it easily down the field. And, you know, what, what we saw, what was so strong for the Pirates leading IFL defense last season was the de- defensive back unit was just so strong. And their secondary was just locked down. It, it wouldn't allow any, any, any wide receivers to be able to get any meaningful yardage. And, you know, that just wasn't the case uh, in this one for, uh, for, for the Pirates defense. And that's something especially – uh, with with head coach Rayshon Kaiser not only being the head coach, defensive coordinator, but also the secondary coach, that's something that he mentioned that the, that they're definitely planning to work on very heavily uh, in this week of practice. Now, the good thing is, Jake, it's a long season. It's only the first loss, so we're three and one going into uh, week five uh, of our schedule, and uh, no rest for the wicked though. They got to get right back at it. The good thing is, again, we can still sign players here and there. So then that's one of the great things about the IFL is you do have a lot of opportunity as you go along, as the season goes along. Some guys maybe get a little bit healthier that, that weren't playing, and now they have that opportunity to be able to come in and, and show what they have. And uh, so we can make a few signings. We can continue to get better and try and make some uh, improvements. I don't want to say I called the trap game last week, but I kind of did. And and I wonder if if some of this was, you know, you know, getting up in the first half and, you know, knowing that this team is 0-4 coming in and thinking that, you know, hey, they aren't really anything. And um, they kind of, um, you know, punched them in the mouth with it. And maybe that's a good thing that, that can never, you know, as long as it doesn't lead to multiple losses, I think sometimes that can be a good thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, th- I think it, it will give this team an extra charge of motivation going into this sure. next game on Saturday against the Barnstormers, especially looking at uh, the Barnstormers are on a three-game winning streak currently. Uh, the Pirates in, in Iowa have the same exact record at 3-1. and one. They're both tied for the lead in the East Conference. And I, I, think, I think going into this game, uh, you know, you saw from the reaction of the players, uh, this one, this loss hurt, especially with it uh, coming right at the end. Uh, you, you know, especially on the bench, um, it, it felt like a win with, with 10 seconds left. But as you know, in the indoor football league, until those three zeros hit, the game is not over. And uh, I, I think long, it's got to second- be, be a long plane ride home from Wisconsin with a team after a loss like that. Yeah, you, you know, guys, guys were just really excited and determined to get back to work uh, on the on the practice field to um, to prepare for this game on Saturday. And, you know, speaking with some of the players, they just wanted to put uh, last game behind them, uh, you know, obviously learn from it, learn from some of the mistakes, but not allow, um, you know, the loss to really um, define this team and, 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 re- and really uh, be, take too much time to be down on it. They're, they're just really focused on preparing for this next game against the Barnstormers. Yeah, this team was 3-0 going in, but the veterans on this team were 14 
uh, and O on a 14 game winning streak. So that I'm sure they take that a little bit more serious. And, and the captains, Alejandro and, and the rest of them are going to get back in that uh, practice squad and back in the practice field and, and really work that much harder this week. Now, speaking of this week uh, against the Barnstormers, Coming in three and one, and like you said, currently on that game winning streak. I think that's good motivation for the Pirates. Big win last week. They're scoring a lot of points right now. Our defense has to be really solid this week and hold the Barnstormers. Yeah, especially against the, uh, especially against Iowa's quarterback DJ Peterson. He, he's a guy who, uh, in total offense, leads the league with 180 yards per outing. He, you know, he he's another person who we've seen time and time sure. again. Uh, be a dual threat quarterback. Uh, you, you know, the Pirates have a lot of experience with those types of quarterbacks, uh, but we saw them have a little bit of trouble being able to um, handle and hold down uh, Drew Campbell uh, of the Bismarck Bucks. You know, we, we saw him get out of the pocket multiple times, use his legs to gain yardage. And so, uh, you, you know, the, the Pirates defensive front is definitely going to have to be um, on their toes uh, with DJ Peterson. Uh, you know, he has the ability to not only hurt you with his legs, but also with his arm, you know, looking at some, um, some of the really good wide receivers. Um, uh, Kintrez uh, Bell is currently, he has eight receptions for 140 yards and four touchdowns. And, you know, it. I, I think that um, with how efficient this offense has been, especially you know, looking at the Pirates' offense as well, um, we could really see this be an, an offensive showdown, sort of what we thought it was going to be with Quad City coming into this one. But I think Iowa's a much better team uh, than Quad City ultimately is. And so I, I think that this is going to be um, a little bit of a tough game for the Pirates. But I think with that extra motivation after last week's loss, I, I think that they're destined for a win. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Jake. Uh, coming home to the DCU Center and now being the only team left playing in Worcester, uh, in the DCU Center at least, uh, other than the Woosocks who are you know down the road a bit uh, in baseball season. Uh, you know, the Railers get knocked out of the playoffs this week, and uh, a lot of those Railer fans are looking for uh, something to do, and they can all come out to the DCU Center in Phoenix Field this Saturday night uh, for a 7 o'clock kickoff. Going to be a great uh, – it's going to be another great um, – event it's an event in itself and uh, we love to invite uh, everybody out there it's the massachusetts pirates come from all around and you you connecticut's and you rhode islanders you can come up here too and uh, enjoy some football exactly and it's it's, it's going to be a lot of fun um especially uh th this next week you know we, we got some fun theme nights it's it was Worcester Spirit Night as well as Scout Night as well. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of really fun festivities for this Barnstormers game. And, and also the first 500 fans in the building get a free 2022 uh, magnet schedule. So then you know exactly uh, when the Pirates will be at the DCU Center. And, you know, you mentioned that now that the Railers are out, the Pirates actually have an opportunity this week to practice at Phoenix Field. I, I think that's going that to be so different, too. Huge difference. And I, I talked a little bit of that with uh, head coach Kaiser. And, uh, you know, he, he mentioned uh, being able to be at their home field is so critical, it's especially uh, during practice, being able to practice with the boards, practice uh, with the lines of the field and actually be able to have real situations, not not. You know, the place that, that they uh, practice at right now is, is in Rhode Island and it don't bubble. Um, you know, it's it's great for, um, you know, some good offseason work, but especially when you're when you're trying to win a championship and, you know, win every single week. It's it's, it's really nice to be at your home field and be able to actually um, 
fix some of these mistakes that we saw hurt, that, uh, hurt them back in Green Bay. Well, we can't wait to see uh, everybody out at the DCU Center this uh, Saturday night. Uh, I'll be there. Jake will be there. I won't look quite as good as you, Jake, uh, but uh, I'll be having just as much fun, that's for sure. Come on out, and I'm working on uh, one of the future games, uh, having a, a, a chicken wing eating contest at midfield uh, with one of the uh, one of the great sponsors that we work with, uh, one of the great smokehouses out here in uh, Blackstone, Massachusetts. So uh, we'll, we'll have more information about that and more. Make sure you tune into the podcast. Jake, how do we do it every week? You tell me. So if you have not yet, uh, it's, it's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, really wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find the State of Pirateship available. We post a podcast episode every single week, keeping you updated about everything that is going on with the team. You know, most weeks when games are going on, we usually post recaps and previews uh, of each game. Uh, but, you know, we mix in some some uh, interviews as well from uh, players, front office representatives, coaching staff. Uh, we're going to start to pick some of those up uh, later in the season and, and also soon as well. So definitely make sure to uh, subscribe to the State of the Pirate Ship on whatever audio platform that you're listening to. Also on YouTube because we post the video version over there and you get to see John and I's beautiful faces every single week. But uh, we're so excited for this barn. Exactly. We're so excited for this Barnstormers game uh, coming up. As I mentioned, uh, both teams are three and one. So this is going to be a very highly contested game. Whoever wins this game is going to have the lead in the East Conference. And even though we're only five games in, this will be this will be the fifth game of the season for each team. Uh it, it still matters on who is on that leaderboard, not only for the end of the season in terms of playoffs, but also for the motivation uh, of each team going into every single week. So make sure to tune into the State of the Pirate Ship every single week, and we can't wait to continue to keep you guys updated.